Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Parenting Aces radio show presented by TennisBalls.com. On Blog Talk Radio's You Are Tennis Network, I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and am very excited today to have the opportunity to chat with the head of collegiate tennis for USTA, Stephen Armitrage. And Stephen is very busy, as you all can imagine. You are hearing me try and connect with him. Stephen? Hey, Lisa. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for doing the show. And I know you are crazy busy. College tennis is in full swing. And um, I'm sure your phone is ringing off the hook and your meeting schedule is crazy busy. But uh, we so appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, well, thank you again for having me. And um, look forward to, to talking college tennis for an hour. I could talk about it for 24 hours, but one hour is, uh, is, is a good amount of time right now. <laughs> Great. Well, I don't want to waste any of that hour, so let's just jump right in. And uh, before you talk about what's going on at USTA in terms of college tennis, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background on your own college tennis career and playing history? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I started out and I was a pretty successful junior in Southern Cal. Um, I was from the LA area and, um, I was, um, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to go to a really great academic school and really use my tennis as a kind of pathway to, to be able to, um, you know, go to a great academic school, develop in college, develop as a person, develop as a player, um, eventually play on the tour and, and, you know, kind of go into a business realm for the rest of my life after that. So narrowed it down to, Stanford, Duke, and Harvard, and um, I just ended up falling in love with Duke when I when I went on the campus and on my recruiting trip. And um, Jay Lapidus was my coach when I was there, and really, really great guy, really great program, great mentor. Um, and so I went through college. I'd actually had some really, I would say, pretty good double success before college. I remember my cousin and I won a wild card tournament randomly totally crazy actually when I was still a senior in high school and coming off an ACL injury um, and actually made the semis of a tour event um, and then the quarters of another one. And just kind of, you know, we were doing a little bit better than we thought um, before we, before, before I was going to go to Duke, he had just finished his first year at USC. They won a national title there. Um, and I was super excited to go to college. Um, and I had an unbelievable four years at Duke. Uh, I actually took a, Seniors, my senior fall semester off to, to try to play professionally. I ended up hurting my other ACL. Um, so I definitely had some injuries. Definitely wish my college career could have gone a little bit better, but we did okay. We finished, we finished, um, you know, we finished in the top ten for for all four years. We won two ACC titles. Never went deep as deep as we thought in NCAA's. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always been a, something that I wish, wish we had done a little bit better in as a team. But overall, just an unbelievable experience, um, unbelievable, you know, time there, um, and something that I look back with the fondest of memories with. Um, then after that, I, I, I played on the professional tour for a little bit. Um, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I had two ACL surgeries. Um, and, um, 
and so mostly I ended up playing doubles, uh, but the injuries just were, were, were too much for me. So I actually went into coaching when Rajiv Ram, one of my, one of my good friends and contemporaries, um, you know, said, I always thought you'd be good at this. So I worked with him and, and, and he actually ended up doing pretty well winning, winning Newport within the first five months that we worked together. Um, so spent a few years with him and then, and then um, Marty Fish was seven in the world and, and um, he gave me a great opportunity at a really young age to, to work with him. Um, so those are my two guys that were private. And obviously, you know, I was, uh, I, I was young. I was, I got the experience at a pretty young age. And, and when Marty had to quit due to his, um, you know, health issues, uh, the USTA uh, offered me the opportunity to run our Carson facility for the men, where I got to work with Steve Johnson and Austin Krychek and Daniel Kozakowski and, and actually a really great group of ex-college players um, before then transitioning now to, to oversee our, our collegiate program. So it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Um, I got to say, I absolutely love tennis and, and I love college tennis. And I, and I think it's really, um, you know, just, just our, our silver bullet, a system that no one in the world has and, and one that we can use to, to not only bring, bring America back to, to where the best it can be in tennis is, but, but really truly, better our best and um, and really look for new ways to be inclusive to everyone and really, you know, kind of exceeding any expectations that we had. Well, we had Martin Blackman on the show a couple weeks ago, and I know you've listened to at least part of that podcast. And, you know, Martin was very complimentary of your work and talked a lot about college tennis as a viable pathway to the pros. And you're – division at the USTA falls under player development, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It does. Okay. So, so I want to just clarify for my listeners, because there's a lot of confusion out there about what USTA player development's role actually is. And just to be clear, the, the role of player development is to develop professional players. And that is at the top of the list in terms of goals and charges for Martin and I'm assuming for you working with the collegiate players. You guys are looking for those players currently in college who are on track to have a successful career at the professional level. Am I stating that correctly? Well, yeah, and I, I mean, it's it's gotten a little bit more more um, in depth than that. Um, I mean, technically, you are 100% right. The goal of USTA PD, um, and just a very short statement, is, is is to you know create or help create and develop the next generation of top 100 American players. So my role initially was in um, you know was as a national coach for collegiate tennis, and it fit in player development with that specific role. Um, and the main operations of that was running the collegiate national team, which we run every summer, and I can talk about that in more depth at a, at the, at a later point in this, in this podcast. Um, but in August of last year, with everyone coming under one roof in, in Lake Nona, um, you know, we all got together and we created a new department called Collegiate Tennis that technically does sit in player development, but it is uh, it has really two main goals, which are to promote and develop the growth of collegiate tennis, you know, through enhanced exposure and visibility um, from the community side, which is our community tennis department, as well as 
um, the facilitation of, uh, you know, our best American prospects in college towards uh, a top 100 pathway. So really my department, um, you know, is, is one that sits in both player development and community tennis. Um, and I'm incredibly happy at the consolidation of it um, just because I feel like it, it, gives, it gives us so much more opportunity to be unified in everything that we do. So does that mean that your department is now not only focused on, let's say, the Power Five conferences and the top-ranked top teams and top-ranked players in those conferences, but also is looking beyond that to college tennis as a whole product? Um, are you looking beyond Division One, you know, to the other divisions, um, or are you still focused um, mainly at that top level? Well, I mean, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I mean, in, in, in general, I would say that the majority of our focus is on the top level, is on Division One, and is on the big schools and Power Five conferences that are in there. But, I mean, our operations really do span, um, you know, to all depths of college tennis. Uh, we are going to have 300 spring break tennis matches here at Lake Nona and, and it's going to have uh, our facility, our collegiate facility here is going to have the most collegiate matches of any place in the world. Um, 300 spring break matches are mostly between, you know, division three and low division one, division two schools. Um, we're financing and helping out the HBCU. That's the historical black colleges and universities uh, championships. Um, you know, so I think that our operations definitely run, uh, run all across the board from, from the highest of D1 and trying to transition our best prospects into the Pro Tour to really trying to, um, you know, uh, uh, make relevant or increase relevancy to, um, you know, all the smaller schools that are around our great country. Fantastic. So can you talk a little bit about the relationship between your division and junior tennis in this country, and I'm not talking about the player development piece of junior tennis, which is, again, focused on those players who are on track to having successful professional careers, but rather the vast majority of junior players in the U.S. who are looking at college tennis as their end-all, be-all. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I totally hear you. Um, you know, and, and that is in my mind, you know, the destination for where 99% of our, our college tennis is a destination for 99% of our juniors are going to go. And so to make it, you know, a memorable, incredible experience um, in, in that sector where they can still develop and, and possibly have a career after, but one that from a very early age, parents are going to say, hey, look, like college tennis is our goal. I know that my parents said that about me. Um, college tennis is our goal. A uh, college scholarship is our goal, um, and this is a place that we want to we want to eventually strive towards. Um, you know, that's the goal of every single one of our NJTLs, NJTL programs. Um, that is the goal of what I would say 99% of our of our juniors are. Uh, you know, where they are. So, um, you know, my relationship to it uh, has become more since this transition has uh, you know occurred to consolidate our division. Um, we're looking at, at creative opportunities, um, which I think we'll get to in a bit, of how we can try to promote more Americans into college tennis, something that I'm really passionate about. Um, and, uh, you know, just in general, I, I can't advocate what college tennis has done for, for me and, 
the majority of uh, the people that I know have played it. So um, I think it's an unbelievable system and, and one that I'm really thankful for. You mentioned scholarships, and one of the kind of head-banging issues for for tennis parents is on the men's side of the college game, the fact that there are only four and a half scholarships available and the heavily international rosters that we're seeing at a lot of schools now. And I've had guests on the show time and again talk about the need for families to look outside the Power Five conferences for playing opportunities for their juniors, especially if they want scholarship money. There is there is money out there to be had, and there are spots to, to be had outside of the Power Five schools. But I'm just wondering from your perspective on the inside, what what do you see as the main issue in terms of ensuring that, especially on the boys' side, our junior players have opportunities to play at the collegiate level and have opportunities to earn scholarship money? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I know that you know the data. Um, I know that your, your, your listeners probably know the data as well. And, and so uh, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa, but we're at roughly between 35 and 40, 40% of international players in Division One tennis. And, I mean, look, just quite honestly, like, I get the landscape. Um, I'm not a parent yet myself, but I know that I, I – or at least I hope that I will be at, at, at some point. Um, and I get the investment – in both capital, you know, emotion, time and energy that a parent takes that, that, that a parent does, um, and puts into their, their child's tennis. So, you know, to see, to see that opportunity where at, at 16, 17, 18 years old, they're about to go to college and they want to continue with tennis and, and to have that then be, um, you know, uh, you know, have less opportunity than, than possibly could be. Um, it's something that I, I totally understand is very frustrating. Um, you know, I get that. Uh, I would completely agree with, with, with the people who have been on your show that say, you know, look outside the power five, look at all different kinds of, of, of schools and, and all different kinds of levels, because, you know, quite frankly, you have to play or you have to be in a position where the coach thinks you're going to play eventually to get scholarship money. Right. And so, um, you know, I mean, there are some schools that, that, that your student or sorry, that your, that your child, or if you're a coach, your student might not be really at the level to be at those, those schools and play. And, and what I would say is really kind of try to open your mind to see where you're going to play. I personally believe that's where you're going to have the best experience. If, if, if you're going to be there, if you're going to be playing, if you're going to be part of the team, um, not just as someone who's very supportive of the other players who are on the, on the courts, but you yourself being on the courts. And those are going to be your opportunities to have the best chance at a wild card. Uh, sorry, at a, uh, at a scholarship. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, on, on that same note, um, we're very, the USDA is very aware of, of, of the situation. And as I mentioned, it's a passion of, 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 of mine to, to try to really, you know, have college be the destination for pretty much everyone who eventually who starts to pick up a racket. Um, so we're actually creating, and I'm incredibly proud to kind of talk about it today, um, a concept that we're calling uh, the USTA All-American College Combine. 
um, from June 16th, sorry, from June 14th through 16th in Lake Nona um, at our national campus in Orlando um, this year. And basically what it's going to be is it's going to be um, an all-American showcase for anyone, for any PSA who wants to sign up um, and come here to to give themselves an opportunity to go through drills, go through physical testing um, in front of college coaches. Um, we've tried to and time it at the right. Just to clarify, sorry, Stephen, just yep. to clarify, PSA, prospective student athlete, for those who aren't prospective familiar with that athlete. acronym. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. P- yeah, exactly. Sorry okay. about that. I get in my client <laughs> lingo a little bit sometimes. Um, <laughs> but prospective student athlete, <laughs> diving a little bit deeper in it, is is anyone um, who started their freshman year in, in, in high school and anyone who's obviously not signed yet to, to a school. So, um, so we're going to have that from June 14th through 16th. We're going to do it in conjunction with a coaches workshop where we're going to bring in, um, I'm hoping for over 125 college coaches um, and, Honestly, as many as many PSAs as we can handle. Um, there will be an entry fee. There will be a link on Tennis Link. Um, I hope that by the time this podcast comes out, um, our press release has gone out and that there's a little bit of momentum picking up with this. And this basically was our opportunity to try to put only American players on a court, try to highlight the best things that, that, that they could have. So whether it's drills that highlight a certain – Maybe it's their, you know, accuracy on their forehand, or maybe it's their, you know, speed on their serve, or in the physical testing, maybe this, maybe this, you know, p- prospective student athlete um, has a really great, you know, whatever ten-yard dash time or, or hexagon drill or whatever it is, and 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 just basically, you know, put it put American athletes in front of college coaches so that they can find hopefully people that that either they maybe had an eye on and, and that confirms their, their, their thinking on them or people that they didn't have an eye on but really take a chance on and say, wow, this kid's better than I thought he was. Um, so the difference between this and the other recruiting showcases that are out there is that this is only for Americans and um, something that I'm really excited about, really proud of, um, to try to really try to enhance the number of Americans in college tennis. Fantastic. And just for my listeners, um, as soon as I get that press release, I will be publishing it on parentingaces.com so you'll have all that information. But, Stephen, in the meantime, Will, you said the showcase is open to any American player. Um, So are you expecting that you'll have a variety of levels of players there? And also in terms of the college coaches that are going to be in attendance, I mean, obviously, the the Power Five schools, they have their pick of the litter in terms of, you know, PSAs that are out there looking. But it's really, again, those, you know, less well-known programs that kids need to be exposed to. So will some of those coaches be at the showcase? Uh, yes, to both. I, I mean, I believe that we're going to have a variety of levels of both player and, and coach and, and program. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I think that it highlights the diversity of collegiate tennis. And I think that, I mean, I know that my group is going to do, um, you know, really, you know, really, uh, a really good job and a really deep dive to try to get as many different levels of college coaches as we can get. Um, I do know that the 
members of the Team USA Junior National Team will be participating in this. So, the, so they'll be they'll be obviously representing the top level. But I mean, again, it's 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 just you know, I mean, it's it's an entry that's going to be on Tennis Link, and we're here to have everyone, and we're here to showcase as many American prospects as we can to college coaches at all levels, both prospects at all levels and coaches and programs at all levels. This may be a silly question, but will the showcase be held on hard courts? Uh, yes, it will be. Okay. <laughs> I, the reason I ask is when my son was in high school, we came to a coach's showcase, and it was on clay, and it was just so interesting that, you know, most college tennis matches are played on hard courts and that this showcase was held on clay um, where a lot of the kids had never even hit a ball before. So um, so I just wanted to make sure that, that my listeners know that, you know, if your kid trains on the hard courts and is planning to play college tennis, which is mostly hard court tennis, that this showcase will be a good fit for them. So awesome. Um, what are some of the other things you guys have on tap that will help our American juniors and our American collegiate players really excel? Well, I mean, one of the things I'm most proud about um, was kind of a thing that was my baby for the last, um, for the last, uh, I guess it would be year and a half now, which is the creation of the USA Collegiate Pro Circuit. Um, you know, there is there is a there is an there is a structural deficiency which has held back college tennis from its full potential for a very 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 long time. And um, you know, this is a little bit of of I don't know if you've seen the movie Moneyball, but this is a little bit of yep. my speech that that Jonah Hill gives Brad Pitt in the uh, in the in the basement of the Cleveland Indians clubhouse, but. Um, you know, when, when people are talking about transitioning um, professional players to the Pro Tour and to the Top 100, um, there is a huge problem that America um, is at a structural deficit with. Uh, the size of Europe and the European Union is 10.1 million square kilometers, and the size of the U.S. is 9.85 million square kilometers, um, so relatively the same. And within the U.S., there are 50 states, but one country. And in the, U and in the EU, there are 50 countries. Um, and the way that the ITF for a very long time has looked at them is as 50 different countries instead of one massive area that's the same size as the U.S. So if you look at the number of futures in Europe and you look at the number of futures in the U.S., and futures are, for, for your listeners, um, you know, tournaments that now the prize money has increased, but they're either $25,000 total prize money tournaments or $10,000 total prize money tournaments. Europe is beating us or has been beating us from, you know, from numbers like I think it's about seven or eight to one. So for every one tournament in the U.S. per week, there is eight in Europe. So I'm just going to let that sink in for a little bit. But And then at the higher levels... Uh, at, at, at the higher levels on the men's side, you know, for every challenger tournament, which is for your guys between 250 getting to top 100, um, there are three in Europe compared to every one in the U.S. So this is a monster structural deficit 
that we have. Um, and the place where it's disproportionately affected us is college tennis. Um, so you have these guys coming out of college tennis. I listened to your podcast with Clay Thompson yesterday, who, who, who was number one in the country in college tennis and then started out at 2000 in the rankings. That's a problem. That is a huge, huge problem because as he mentioned in his thing, in, in his podcast to you yesterday, um, you know, he started from the bottom of the barrel after being on top of the world in college. So right. with that comes zero funding because the reality of the situation is that the funding in tennis comes from management companies and it comes from rackets and it comes from clothing and it comes from those deals that are done with players at a much younger age before they go to college. And so he's coming out with very little funding of which he has to privately raise himself, which is not easy. And then starting at a zero ranking in, in, in his journey to becoming a, a, a top hundred player. Um, Lisa, I know that you're, you're on a lot of our team USA webinars, but I think that, and I know that in one of them, um, or a few of them, there is a, a pathway study that's referenced. And, and what that pathway mm-hmm. study says is that, um, you know, from the age of 18, it takes four years, four full years at $75,000 a year to make it from zero to 100 in, 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 in pro tennis. So when you're having a guy or girl who's starting at 22 years old after they graduate college, and even if they are number one in the country, they're starting from zero in the professional ranking where they're playing for zero prize money on their first match at a, at a, at a yearly nut of $75,000 a year. The economics don't make sense. The economics don't well, make in sense. Well, and Clay's number was way higher than that. It was, I mean, he said he went through over $200,000 in 18 months. So, yeah. you know, depending on uh, where you're playing – that number can be significantly higher than seventy-five grand. And he's right. He's right. I was using seventy-five because I feel like that's a number that I've, you know, that I feel comfortable saying. No, sure. You yeah, can yeah, definitely yeah. use it. But it, it on. just depends on where um, you're traveling, you know. Yes, exactly. So, 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 what I'm excited about, and one thing that 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 we've seen a proliferation of is more colleges hosting pro circuit events on campus. And not only that, but scheduling properly to give their players an opportunity to start out at a higher ranking from zero. So, I mean, I can name them. And this is also the job of the collegiate national team, which I run, which over the summer months and over the winter break, um, you know, holds either training camps or traveling teams to take the elite college prospects that are American to pro circuit events, um, mostly in the summer. So they play and they gain experience, and usually it's a lead-up to the U.S. Open, and the ones that do well enough um, somehow, so sometimes, um, can get a you know, wild card into qualifying or, if they win into double A's, um, into the main draw of, of the U.S. Open. So what you're seeing now is you're seeing, you're seeing players that are having success at the futures level or even the challenger level that are still in college. So I look at this summer, um, or I look at this this fall rather, and you see Francesca Di Lorenzo, who obviously has, you know, she was an ITA All-American winner. She was a two-time ITA indoor winner now, but she's also 340 in the rankings. That's a really good starting point. Um, I remember Jenny Brady came through our program two years ago, and she was she was 210 when she left college, and now she's 70 in the world. Uh, 14 months after. So there is a pathway if you start correctly. 
if you're going to get behind the eight ball and not start and start correctly, it's a much more difficult path. And financially, economically, you know, it's really, really, really tough. But I look at the guy side and you have Mikel Torpgaard, who's who won the Columbus Ohio Challenger this year. Fantastic effort. The guy's like 370 in the world. Cameron Norrie's like 220 in the world. Obviously, both of them are not not American, um, but Mackie McDonald was very high when he when, when he turned pro last year after winning NCAA's. Um, you, I mean, we've had multiple players go very deep at futures in the fall and winter. I can think of Aaron Hilsick, uh, Colin Altamirano, J.C. Aragon, um, and these guys aren't necessarily playing number one for the team. But you know what? Now they have a starting point. Um, and that, for me, is huge because now the way that works is when they graduate in May or when they're going to go play in May, their main draws of the future. They have, if they lose, a check coming in. They're not having to turn up four days early for qualifying and play four rounds or three rounds for no money and have to output three nights of hotel. So this whole thing is an economic model that really has been – swept under the rug that no one sees. And the only way, in my opinion, to really even the balance with Europe is to use college tennis as if, if for people who are obviously trying to make it as a pro um, and use this as pathway, um, you know, to, to, to use college tennis to develop, but also to give themselves the opportunity to test the waters early and make it easier on themselves um, as they, as they eventually out, output dollar one when, when, after they graduate. That's fantastic. I don't know if any of that. And again, yeah, no, it's it's great, and it, it's a topic that gets discussed a lot um, among, you know, tennis writers, uh, among tennis parents, and um, I, you know, so I'm glad to have you clarify that. And but again, you know, that is um, a structure that's really in place for the kids that are looking to build a professional tennis career, you know, playing on the circuit after college. And for the majority of college tennis players, once they graduate from college, they're going to be making a living some other way. It won't be by playing tennis. And so maybe we can transition a little bit uh, in the second half hour and talk a little bit more about where your department falls and, and the work that you guys are doing to kind of help educate and assist the other college tennis players, the ones who are not looking to turn pro, so that they can maximize their experience in college um, and, you know, hopefully parlay that into a successful career. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I got to give a shout out to the ITA, the Intercollegiate Association, because they do an unbelievable job in this area. Um, I think that they are absolutely fantastic at creating a, a collegiate structure that takes care of the vast majority of collegiate players. Um, you know, they have a robust tournament structure that, that goes in the fall. Um, they, they, they have a summer circuit that covers a summer, um, you know, that, and, and, and the spring is really governed by, by ITA rules. So, um, you know, there are partners in, in college tennis, and I think they do an unbelievable job. They also have you know, a lot of awards, um, you know, sportsmanship, uh, you know, and, and, and regional national awards um, that really make the college tennis experience something that 
um, goes across the board for, for everyone. And, you know, Lisa, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that, you know, in terms of the, the actual experience and, and, and student athlete, um, you know, time in college, especially in college tennis, um, you know, I mean, the best memories that pretty much anyone who I know, starting with Steve Johnson and, and <laughs> down to myself, <laughs> um, uh, you know, w- who have played college tennis have, uh, whether they do something after or not, have been through college tennis it's with your friends, with your teammates, with the people that you're with on a regular basis. Um, in terms of transition, obviously we are the U.S. Tennis Association, so um, we, we do have a multitude of, um, of transitional programs, but obviously they're in the, tra- they're in the tennis industry. So um, each year, and, and this is another thing that by the time um, – by the time your 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 listeners hopefully hear this podcast, it should be posted. But each year we have a graduate fellowship in in, in coaching, so that's for your 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 student um, who has finished their junior year and going into their senior year, or I think it's a recent graduate, so it's up to two years graduated, um, or they apply for a fellowship because they want to be a tennis coach. Um, and we have an eleven week program that puts them with one of our national coaches. Um, that puts them in one of our coaching education programs that um, is over the summer months uh, that either is at junior tournaments, is at uh, pro tournaments, that leads up to the U.S. Open to help those who want to be coaches and have that be their occupation, um, you know, learn. And and I think it's an unbelievable program. I, I know that we had... Uh, we've had some great, some great fellows who I've had the pleasure of working with uh, go through it in the last three years, um, and that's something that if 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 someone wants to be you know a tennis coach of all levels, um, I think it's something that is is really an incredible program. I wish it was there um, when I was starting out because I think I would have really benefited from it. Further, we also have a lot of internships now at the national campus. Um, something you know we're we're creating something that has never been done before in the world. We have a facility unlike anything and anything on the planet. Um, and really one of the, one of the things, one of the themes that it was built on was to be a laboratory of innovation. And so we have a lot of internships, um, that can, you know, really benefit someone who's trying to go into the tennis industry or even in the sports industry. So we do have transitional items, um, in the tennis industry, um, and I would encourage anyone who's in college uh, and wanting to stay in the in the, in the industry to uh, to look into those. And are those on the USTA website? How do people find out about them? They are on the USTA website. I know it's a little difficult to uh, from my from what I've been told, it's a little difficult to to find out where they're posted, but they are on there. So there's a search box. If you go to USTA.com, there's a search box on the top right. And I'm guessing maybe if you type in internship opportunities, maybe um, the results will guide you to the right spot on the USTA website. It is kind of difficult to navigate, but but the search feature is usually pretty good. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go back to these showcases, uh, these combines, because I this is my favorite thing that I'm hearing out of your department recently, and and Martin made mention of it on uh, during our interview, and and now I have the opportunity to really pick your brain a little more. Um, well, so I, I got to stop you right have, there. It's not it's not showcases and combines. It's definitely right now singular. I'm hoping. 
Okay. I keep my fingers crossed <laughs> that this goes well, and um, and 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 then it hopefully will at that point then turn into plural. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to, to, to answer any questions that you have. Um, uh, fire away. Well, so I well you just answered my first question, which was going to be you know are there plans to expand beyond one a year? Um, it sounds like we're going to test the waters this year and see how it goes, and and hopefully the answer will be yes uh, that you'll have the opportunity to do additional ones moving forward, but. How will you gauge the success of this first event? What are you looking for that will make you say, oh, my gosh, this was awesome? Um, for me, I mean, uh, it's a great question. I, I, I want it to be something that has two things. I want it to be a lot of people, and I want it to be a lot of fun. And so that's, um, you know, those are my two indicators. I want it to be populated well where people are like, look, like, we really feel like this is a great opportunity for us, and, and we feel like, um, you know, that the total package that, that is being put together, obviously, it's going to be hosted at the greatest, you know, at the best facility in the world. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be something where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's in front of coaches that, that are interested. It's in front of coaches that are, 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 are hopefully of the level that, that I want to play at. Um, and for the coaches that they see the players that, that, that are of the level that they want to see. Um, so participation on both the player and coaches side is, is, is really, uh, you know, a key performance indicator. And then secondly, like I want people to walk away and be like, look, that was awesome. I, I think that that was a really cool thing. We had a great time in, 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 in Lake Nona at Orlando and, and we had a great time at the national campus and, you know, the drills were fun. The staff was engaged, um, and, you know, I would highly recommend it to anyone. So, really, that's it. Will there be a parent piece of this, or is this focused solely on the players and the college coaches? I mean, that's something that we're working on right now. Um, you know, we, you know, obviously trying to get um, in a three-day period uh, a, a player's aspect, a coach's aspect, um, and we definitely have discussed a parent's aspect, but pulling those all together um, is is challenging. Um, it's something that we've discussed but haven't finalized yet. Gotcha. One other new thing that you guys are getting ready to launch, um, well, and it will have launched by the time this podcast airs, is uh, USTA is going to put out college tennis rankings every week starting February 8th. And um, I, I was lucky enough to be asked to participate on the committee doing those rankings. I'm, I'm so honored, I can't even tell you. But can you talk a little bit about the impetus behind doing rankings? Because the NCAA does rankings, the ITA does rankings, there are all sorts of other organizations that are putting out tennis rankings. Why did USTA feel the need to step into that arena? Well, we're happy to have you, first of all. So that's a uh, that's that's a step in the right direction. So, um, but but to answer the question, I mean, I think that you know you mentioned it is that um, there are a lot of college rankings in in the space. Um, obviously, um, you know, I mean, the ones that we're going to have and, and pull together um, to create the composite USTA ranking um, include a lot of these. So we we are going to include the universal tennis ratings. Um, we're going to include tennisrecruiting.net. We're going to include 
um, College Tennis Today, which is probably, um, in my opinion, the best, uh, you know, the most in- the most in depth uh, and knowledgeable, you know, person across yeah. the board <laughs> in college tennis. The guys, unbelievable. So um, yeah, I email you know, Bobby I mean, all the time. Goal, <laughs> yeah, you know, our goal really is to just create more discussion, uh, conversation around college tennis, and um, obviously with the with the buzz that we got with the release, I think it's doing just that. So, um, you know, I mean, multiple sports, I mean, if you think of football or if you think of uh, basketball, I mean, you know, these sports in college obviously have, have multiple different rankings. Um, so it's nothing new, um, but we are excited to, to be debuting this and, and something that um, we really feel like will will add to the conversation in the, in the space. You know, from my perspective, I – I love anything that gets tennis out in the media. So, you know, and college tennis specifically. Um, One of the kind of arguments that's been put forth for years now about what's wrong with American tennis is the fact that tennis is competing with so many other sports in our country for, for to be heard in the media or anywhere. And so, you know what I feel like I don't know Stephen by having you there and having this department at USTA that this is really a big step in the right direction in terms of making tennis part of the overall sports conversation that's going on in the US and we haven't had anybody at the top of the game on the men's side for quite a while now that young kids, you know, kind of dipping their toe in the sports pool um, would say, ooh, I'm going to choose tennis because of so-and-so. On the women's side, we've had, well, we've had the Williams sisters for the last forever, um, and they continue to dominate, and so I think they've really been, you know, a driving force behind the popularity of tennis on the women's side, but from the men's side, we need some help, and I think by showcasing more than just the Power Five schools and really focusing efforts on all of the different ways that kids can be involved in college tennis is going to be a big plus. And so I was a little disappointed that the the rankings are only the top 25 schools because I feel like the top 25 schools get recognized anyway and they, you know, they're getting a lot of help. Um, It's, it's that next tier of programs that really needs help in promoting and um, kind of getting the word out. And, you know, do you see that maybe your department will expand its reach beyond the top 25 and, and try and do something to help the rest of the, the pool out there get its name more recognized? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I think that you uh, give me a compliment in the middle of that, and I thank you for it. Um, but I, I, I give you lots I, of compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing an awesome um, job. I, I'm thrilled well, that you're you there. Um, I mean, to answer your question, I, I think it's something that we're just going to have to reevaluate after this year. Um, I think that everything about what we're treading into, um, we're trying to do a lot of we're trying to do a lot in the space. Um, and I think that we're going to have to look at it deeply. I know that there are um, definitely some opinions that want to expand it 
significantly. I know there are some opinions that 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 are you know that are contrary to that. Um, but it's something that we're going to have to look at, and and I'm open to I'm open to anything really, to be honest. Um, I just want honestly, I just want what's best, what 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 we feel is best for college tennis, and 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 what we feel like is going to make sport um, something that everyone loves. And uh, with that, I'm I'm actually wanting to to, to say to your to, to your listeners as well. When you mentioned media, um, I don't know whether whether you caught it last week, but we actually had our first college match day, which is really you know what's been what's been occupying most of my time um, here in Orlando um, at, at our national campus, where we brought in two two you know pretty big schools, um, and this is on top of the 300 spring break matches that are going to be played here between lower division one, division two, division three schools. Um, but we have six marquee kind of, I, I'm dubbing them our bowl games, you know, I mean, this is college tennis bowl game, bowl, our bowl series. Um, and we had, so we had Michigan, Alabama here for, for our first match of our college match day series to open up the new facility. And we had over a thousand people in the stands. We had a, a an awesome music tailgate beforehand. We had kids clinic, you know, it was just everything that I feel like, um, you know, I was really proud of my staff. They did an unbelievable job um, in pulling this all together. And really, every, uh, the whole staff that really worked on this together was it was it was streamed on on Watch ESPN three um, on ESPN on the Watch ESPN app. Um, and you know, honestly, like we we have such a unique opportunity with college tennis. It is a team format of, of tennis. It is it has brands that that people know and love. Um, and honestly, it's the aspirational goal of everyone. So for me, I'm incredibly bullish in this space. Um, we are trying to do a lot. Um, we are trying to really enhance the vision of college tennis across the country. So, you know, while, while, while the rankings are one thing, and while the combine is another thing, and, and the collegiate national team is, is, is something else, um, college match day is a huge priority for us, and if you guys haven't seen it, um, you know, our, our schedule is on, is on our, is on the website. Um, and I would really, really, um, ask you to, you know, maybe take a Friday night and, and just, uh, you know, check it out. Cause I think it's really cool. And, and for anyone who loves college tennis, I think that you're going to see it as pinnacle. And I just want to add to that. I, and I did watch it and, and that's going to bring me to my next question for you. But before, <laughs> before I ask, um, for anybody that's got Apple TV, you can go on the ESPN app on your Apple TV and watch it there. And uh, it's a great way to, you know, if you don't want to watch it on a small screen, you can watch it on a big screen. And, and I did do that, and it was fantastic. But so that kind of is a segue to, to my next question, which is at the same time as I was watching College Match Day on my big TV, um, I was – panicking trying to find live scoring for my kids college match which was unavailable um because there are a lot of schools out there that don't have the ability to offer live scoring or live streaming and i'm just wondering is this an issue that your department is looking at and maybe leveling the playing field a bit and at the very least helping to make sure that every school has the ability to to live score, live tweet something, their matches, 
so that they can build a fan base that can remain loyal even when they can't be present at the actual match? That's a great question. And, and you know, I mean, we know that it's a, an issue. Um, we do have media grants um, that have been um, usually put forward by, by uh, Virgil Christian, who also works with us in, in, in the collegiate department. Um, uh, we know it's an issue, and it's something that we, we, we have stuff for. Most of the media grants have, done, have gone more towards the, um, towards the streaming area. Um, but, you know, we're, we're hoping that across the board um, we can get better, better uh, you know, technological use where people can in real time obviously see updates on Twitter and updates on live scoring um, for, for, for any kind of college tennis. Um, definitely something we thought about. I think that's a big, big part of the issue with building the fan base in college tennis is – you know, again, as as a parent, it's, you know, super frustrating um, when you know your kid's on court and you can't find out how they're doing. Um, but we've all lived through that with the junior tennis <laughs> tournaments when, when our kids have traveled with someone other than ourselves and we have no idea what's going on out there. But So we're kind of used to that. But for fans of the game, you know, who it's not about their kid being out there, but rather, you know, they're a fan of the school and want to keep up with the school's progress. Um, it's very difficult to remain loyal when you don't have a way to find out what's going on during a match. And I, I see this as a huge opportunity for the USTA and possibly to partner with the ITA to make sure that, every single school has the ability to, at, at the very minimum, live tweet updates on their, their matches. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that you're correct in that. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page. Um, so we're down to our last few minutes, Stephen, and, and I know you've got to get off the call right in an hour. Are there any other aspects of your department that you'd like to share with us today, whether they're for the elite players or, you know, the the other 99% out there that are looking at college tennis as their pathway through our sport? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, as I mentioned, like, uh, I think that we're trying to do a lot in the space. I think that the USTA in general has come a really long way um, with, with, with the way that, um, you know, they're involved in college tennis. Um, I, I, we're really doing a lot. So, I mean, I, I think that, I think that, you know, listing it out would be, would be, you know, a little bit superfluous, but, um, you know, I, I, I think just in general, what everyone should really know is that, um, you know, I mean, we, we understand, like we definitely get it when you're a parent, and we, we understand the frustrations in the field. We understand where college tennis is great. We understand where it's coming up maybe a little bit short. Um, and we're going to do our best. And we have really good people working hard, working very hard um, to try to do their best to make, this, um, to make this what I really think that I'm sure that anyone who's listening to, to your podcast and listening to me speak right now really wants it to be, you know. Sure. I think all of us see the value in college tennis. I think, um, you know, as parents who choose tennis or who guide our children towards choosing tennis at a young age, 
it's mainly for the the carrot of college tennis. And, you know, I feel like it's in the best interest of tennis overall to continue to improve on the college tennis experience from all levels. And, and again, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to Martin and to you and to the USTA in general for dedicating space to college tennis. I think it's, you know, it's just, it's a crucial piece of the overall tennis pie in America for sure. And if I could just Martin ahead. himself has been just, Martin himself has been just an unbelievable proponent of, of this. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I think that Patrick, Patrick McEnroe, who I started under later in his term really gave me a lot of, a lot of support and guidance. I know that the board, um, you know, Andy Andrews, Andy Andrews, Katrina Adams, Gordon Smith, Kurt Kaepernick, all of them, um, and obviously Virgil Christian, who's lived the space for, for, for a really long time, and now Tim Cass, who is our general manager at the UST National Campus. I mean, these are people who, with deep ties in college tennis who, who, who are in the leadership of the USTA. And, I mean, they're very, very, very excited. They're very um, supportive of college tennis in every way. Um, and it just really is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an environment where, where everyone is, um, you know, is, is, is fired up from the USTA perspective. Well, we're getting a lot of top players out of the college system nowadays, and, you know, it'd, it'd be hard to ignore that. And, um, you know, so kudos to you guys for really doing what you're doing in terms of adding the the pro circuit events. I love those. I think they are so much fun to follow. And, you know, to see names in there that I'm also seeing on the rosters at the various schools that I watch, um, is really exciting and, you know, to see these kids have the opportunity to live their dream and pursue their education at the same time is phenomenal. So keep up the great work and uh, I hope you'll keep funneling information to me so I can share it with my audience and parents that are listening. Um, take a look at what the USTA is doing on the college tennis front and I think you'll be pleased for, you know, the years that, that – some of us have, have been a little bit frustrated at what's come out of USTA. I think things have really taken a turn in the right direction. And, Stephen, you're, you're one of the positives. So thank you for your hard work. And, you know, I look forward to, to watching your progress. Well, thanks so much, Lisa. And, and you know, I'd, I'd be happy to chat anytime. And, um, and thank you for having me today. And, and thank you for all the kind words. Absolutely. Thanks for being with us. And uh, I'll let you go and get ready for your next meeting on your agenda. But <laughs> thanks for taking time out. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you um, hopefully at the NCAAs this spring. I hope so. That would be great. Have a great day, and thanks again Absolutely. for the call. Thank you. Okay. To my Bye. listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you've learned something about USTA Collegiate Tennis. Stephen is a great resource. 
he and his office have been incredibly responsive to my emails and tweets. And uh, so I encourage you to take a hard look at what's going on there and educate yourself as to the opportunities available to your player. And again, uh, the combine that's coming up in June, as soon as I receive the information on that, you can bet I will be posting it on parentingaces.com. So keep an eye out. Have a great week, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again to our sponsor, TennisBalls.com, and we'll see you next time on Parenting Aces. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better, unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space, a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.